Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.wellineux.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hello, wonderful wellness women. We have got a beautiful episode for you today. We're going to be going through... uh, a discussion about healthy headspace and what it means to be a woman and go through um, your life and your relationships with a great sense of self-worth and um, you know clarity of thinking and absolutely know some of the skills and things that you can do to improve your sense of uh, where you are in terms of stability of mindset, your happiness, the foundations of what it means to be happy and to make sure that um, you can help yourself overcome situations such as anxiety and depression and um, tendencies towards, you know, bad thinking or self-critical thoughts. Andrea, tell us a little bit more about what uh, some of these problems are that we're going to address today. Uh, well, I really want us to peel back the kimono a little bit today and really uh, sort of welcome you into some of the things that, you know, we certainly deal with every single day in, um, you know, our daily rituals and some of the challenges that come up for us, um, you know, being busy, being overwhelmed, and just the fact that, that women these days take on so much. They have so little time for themselves and they have really poor self-care rituals as well, which means that, you know, our own self-worth and our self-love suffers because of those things. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone listening can acknowledge a time in their life when they felt that. Um, you know, I know that I kind of go through ebbs and flows of that in and out each day. Um, and it is something that we will be working on for the rest of our lives. Uh, so this healthy headspace is critical to all of us because we are certainly a product of our thinking and we create our own reality with those thought processes. So how important is it to have really positive mindset and, uh, you know, self-worth? 100%. And the thing that uh, a lot of us forget uh, when we go about organizing, you know, health programs and joining the gym and uh, doing all these things, we focus so much on what we eat and how we look after our body because we look in the mirror and we see what we see as ourselves. So we spend so much time and energy focusing on the, the physical existence, you know, how we look from the outside in and not enough of us focus on the inside out existence, which is the fact that we're, and I just love that saying that, you know, we're human beings and um, we're here on a spiritual journey rather than a physical one. And I just think that's so special because um, that talks a lot about what we're talking about today, 
when you disconnect from spiritual and, and emotional energies, that's where these, you know, issues of loneliness and detachment and disconnection, um, cause they all spiral into the health consequences that present themselves mentally, physically, and, uh, obviously spiritually through, through mental health concerns as well. Uh, and I, again, see this every day in practice. Uh, I had a beautiful mum in this morning with her amazing kids. She's, you know, a corporate high-flying woman, that typical kind of A-type personality. Um, from the outside in, someone would look at that picture and go, oh, she's got it all. You know, she's got her two beautiful kids. She's uber successful. Um, however, at the same time, that amount of pressure means that she cannot say no she can't take time off when her family is sick her own health suffers as well but she doesn't have time to <laughs> to do any of those self-care rituals because she's too busy looking after everybody else whereas previously women you know a full-time job would be running the household um, and now we are absolute super women which is fantastic. Hell yes, we are. Yeah, we love straight. being that. We're both A-types, yeah. so we know all about this. Um, but at the same time, we can't say no. And our health suffers on so many different levels because of that. We are never in an energy surplus. We're always um, you know, playing catch-up. And I know that's certainly true for me as well. Uh, I am really good at going all week and just going, oh no, it's okay. I'll catch up on the weekend or that's okay. I'll catch up tomorrow on whatever that might be. And I told you earlier today, I have a, my to-do list and I've actually had on there take a weekend off and it's been on there since January and I yeah. haven't been able to check that box yet yeah or it could be like my to-do list which is you know a pile of things that i just shift over to the next day yeah, yeah. shift over to the next day and keep shifting it over and shifting it over yeah. and then you suddenly wonder why you're feeling drained and lethargic and low in energy and you catch yourself procrastinating terribly and you know and you sort of wonder why you think oh you know I, i'm just not good enough uh, i'm i'm not smart enough i'm i'm not you know I haven't got enough. I can't do enough. And as soon as you start to think like that, well, guess what? Self-defeating cycle right there. And, um, all of those things you can't think you do or, or, or can't possibly do is absolutely, you know, what you think you, you believe you achieve. So obviously mm -hmm. whatever you think, uh, you, you do create as you mentioned. And we're so stuck in that overwhelm, which compresses time and then in just super focused stress. I think, you know, um, every single person telling you that, oh, how quickly is this year gone? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, there's Christmas trees in the shops already. I can't believe it. Where's yeah. the time gone? And you, you, you nailed it. It's this perception of the compression of time that because we are so busy, we are so overwhelmed, overloaded, overscheduled and mm -hmm. say yes to far too many things. Um, our perception of time is just like running at a million miles an hour, you know, compared and contrasted to someone, for example, if you got to just chill out on the beach each day and, you know, like you do on holidays, mm -hmm. what happens when you actually turn the clock backwards a little and slow things down you know your two-week holiday can feel incredibly long and an amazing recharge 
only if you can get out of that overdrive first. Yeah. If you spend yeah. the first week of your holidays still on overdrive, still mentally checklisting things you were doing at home, did I turn off the gas, did I turn off the water and all that, um, the first week of your holiday is gone because you've been still in that state that you were before that uh, flight or flight driver. Yeah, absolutely. It's really funny. They There's this saying that you need a three-week holiday because the first week you're detaching from your life. We do this. The second week you're sick because all of a sudden your adrenals have calmed down, your immune system's kicked back in and gone, oh my God, we've got so much cleaning up to do. And the third week you finally have a holiday. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that was a thing. My husband and I uh, just acknowledge that that has happened. Two week holidays never seem long enough. So yeah. we just always make sure that they're three in a row. I'd rather have, you know, a big chunk and work hard through that period to get my three weeks in a row than one week workload, one week workload, one week. Cause I just feel like the whole year's gone and I haven't had a break. Um, but men and women definitely adapt to this overwhelm or this stress differently. Um, you know, we biologically, we are different. We are absolutely equal, but not the same. And it was actually in 2000, the year 2000, that a psychologist from UCLA, uh, her name was Shelley Taylor, described this shift in that paradigm between how men and women adapt um, and behaviorally respond to stress and overwhelm. Uh, so, you know, we all know about that fight or flight response. We've talked about that to death. Um, and, you know, from a physiological perspective, yes, we all have that response to stresses, especially con- chronic stress. You know, our adrenal glands are absolutely smashed. We go into adrenaline and cortisol overdrive. However, the behavior that women have is actually different to that output from men. So men will uh, do the fight or flight um, response. So it's, you know, that aggression or that withdrawal, whereas women will um, err towards attending and befriending behavioral response. Which so attending is- the cupboard, you know, the pantry, <laughs> going in and snacking on all the wrong foods because we're trying to, you know, emotionally over- overcome well, the stress from an, evolution, from an evolutionary perspective, that tending is more nurturing of ourselves and our offspring because it doesn't make sense for, you know, if we're out in the fields with a bub to be fighting with one arm and holding the baby with the other. You know, <laughs> and that, that, that aggro that, tantrum <laughs> meltdown. Yeah, right. You know, that, that makes that just doesn't work. So mm. it's, you know, a protective mechanism for both ourselves and, you know, our young. Uh, it promotes safety, helps lower that stress response and all of that sort of thing. Whereas the befriending is creating that social network for that sense of connection. And again, protection, um, you know, from, uh, you know, stresses. So the tri- tribal mentality. Yeah, so it's yeah. bringing together a tribe which you feel protected and, and secure within. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in one way, we could almost think that women are a little bit more evolved in the way we respond to stress, which, which I love. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and this is actually mediated by oxytocin. So, you know, that love bonding hormone um, for the purpose of protecting us and our families. Um, so, you know, as, as women, we tend to gravitate to other women in times of stress. I know I'm calling my girlfriends, I'm calling my sisters, um, you know, when... Yeah, three you know, calls to three of the best friends you know, or three three close women in your life, and yeah. somehow this, you know, extreme crisis you're experiencing um, dissipates. The emotional charge, the emotional exactly. energy kind of dissipates um, so that you can actually approach the, the situation or the problem with a more rational viewpoint um, rather than that emotional kind of responsive, reactive uh, outcome, which nearly always ends up in the outcome you don't want. Exactly, because... Because women speak our language, you know, whereas men will tend to want to fix things. So when we get out this spanner, get out this screwdriver and, uh, you know, turn a few cogs in our brain. Yeah. Yeah. So when we go to them with our problems, they 
will want to see practical solutions and break things down and, you know, be very logical about things. Whereas sometimes we just need to have that venting space to allow ourselves to process things and move forward and move on. Um, so we really have a biological imperative to connect with other women. And, uh, it was, um, David Segal that, uh, this was training a little while ago that talked about for a man, if you want to improve your health, marry a good woman for women. If you want to improve your health, spend time with your girlfriends. So you that's know, there's, fascinating. There's and that. I think, um, you know, listeners, you probably guys, you, you all get this too. Um, as when you realize at times of crisis, um, you revert back to the idea, like I need my best friend or God, I need my mum right now. Um, we, we tend to nearly always go to the most nurturing people we, we know because we need nurturing, not solvings. A lot yeah. of the time we just need someone to say, it's okay. You'll be right. Um, they're not going to, you know, try and convince you that you don't worry. There's a million other fish in the sea. They're just going to say, yeah, that sucks. And yeah. And um, I hear you and I understand. And through that, we can really sort of dissolve that mental, emotional stress, anxiety and, and um, you know, overwhelm quite well. So and I think but what I guess a good question I have then, because I, I know that there'll be people listening, thinking the same thing. All very good and well, but what if I don't have, you know, good, good girlfriends or women in my life? You know, how do I find them or better question? Is there something wrong with me? Yeah, and good girlfriends, I think, are really hard to find. Especially, Certainly. you know, everyone remembers being a teenager and having the, the caddy falling out and the pettiness and all of that sort of stuff. And so that that's a great question. Where do you go to get that support if you don't have it within your, you know, like geographically? And I know for me, my sisters are on the other side of the world. My older sister, Sarah, lives in Canada. My younger sister, Joanna, lives in Belgium. We are so close um, but they are literally, we couldn't be further away on the planet. Yeah. And <laughs> time zones are. for a phone call can sometimes not be the right time of day when you need them. They're like middle of the night oh. sleeping and you just know you can't connect at that moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So look, I think, you know, for that sort of situation, we talk about finding the right women in your life or the people to surround yourself with. Um, first and foremost, always go with interest groups. You yeah. know, the things that are interesting to you and you're interested in, go and find the people that are also interested in those things and find that interesting. You know, mm. don't rock up to a, you know, a car motoring workshop thinking you're going to find like-minded souls if you don't give a crap about cars. <laughs> um, likewise, you know, if you're not the girly, glitzy, glammy girl, like I'm, I'm not, I'll, I'll say it straight. I'm just not. I'm, I've always been a little bit sporty. That was my nickname at high school. I mean, I've always been the kind of the more, you know, out there, um, sporty, active, more into you know the things that are like reading you know house and garden not um yeah. claire claire oh, no you glammed it up on saturday oh, night yeah. <laughs> yeah look i can glam it up i have that side of me but that's not my my all-consuming daily side i yeah. think that's probably the case so for someone like me i, I go to sports clubs yeah you know that's when i find like-minded women who also love to get out there and, and you know run around the park or, or in my case going out the surf club i love being down in the ocean and, and those women down there love that too so um quickly you find at least people who can connect um, whether you know you give your best friends for life, it doesn't matter. But at least you've got a, a safe network around you, and you can talk. And I think you brought up a really important thing there about this bonding. And we have really moved away from traditional bonding rituals that women used to have. Um, so I'm not sure if anyone's ever heard of the concept of the red tent or moon baiting, <laughs> um, but essentially this describes um, behaviors that women would have um, back in, in tribal times and, and still beautiful tribes in Africa still do this, where throughout the ebbs and flows of their menstrual cycle, which will actually dictate 
how they're feeling emotionally because of the the ebbs and flows of estrogen and progesterone throughout your cycle actually changes your brain chemistry. So our our wants and needs throughout the cycle are very, very different. And especially in that premenstrual period or that week leading up to our period when women are much more sensitive, much more intuitive as well, um, sometimes it's appropriate to be away from men. And that's what this concept of moon baiting was. So um, women would uh, all menstruate together. Their, their cycles would be in sync, which is certainly not unheard of even now. They would menstruate and ovulate with the full and, and new moon or the waxing and waning moon. And so leading up to the time when they had their period, they would leave the tribe together. They would go to their red tent, essentially. Um, they would look after and nurture each other for that time. And then when they had their emotional resilience back, they would come back to the tribe and continue on as normal. That's um, incredible, which has actually got my brain jumped way forward right there and was thinking, how incredibly different it is now that we've got the oral contraceptive pill yeah. shifting and shuffling our cycles away from the earth cycles mm-hmm. and pretty much making it near impossible that any one of us with our girlfriends and our female important women in our life is going to be in sync with our cycles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow, I just never really thought about that. That's an interesting uh, interesting concept, isn't it? And the way that it changes your, your brain chemistry and your ability to connect as well. Yeah. Um, I might be digressing a little bit here, but the studies that actually show that women on the pill, it actually changed them from like their pheromones as well. And they will be much more content with a less attractive man. <laughs> than what women who aren't being affected chemically um, by by the pill. Um, well, this has everything to do with what we're talking about of healthy headspace because at the end of the day, if that's got the ability to change and regulate the way in which we think and see the world yep, because absolutely. of chemical changes within our body, then that's absolutely changing our headspace, which is the only reason why I got off the pill. And I'll tell you that years ago, I was on the contraceptive pill because I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my cycles late, you know, in the world today, late is 16, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I was irregular from the outset. And so the doctor said, and with my limited knowledge, God, I'm 16, 17, how, how would I know? And my mom didn't really know at that time either. It was still not really a hugely discussed issue regarding the contraceptive pill. Yeah. Um, I went on it and I can also tell you that the reason I knew I could no longer be on the pill and I knew something was wrong was my headspace got very cloudy and very dark. And And I'm such an optimist. I'm such an A-type. I love the world. I love life. I look for beauty in the small things. And here I was feeling dark and having... Uh, look, I'm going to put it nothing more than probably suicidal thoughts and, you, you know, know crazy thoughts. Well, you what would happen if I just right. drove into that wall or what would happen if I, you know, just held my breath too long and stayed underwater? I mean, that's cr- what I thought at the time. I even caught myself going, whoa, that's a crazy thought. What are you doing? And it's so good that you had the presence of mind to actually acknowledge that because so many women, and because this is what I dabble in every single day in, in my practice, um, women experience that all the time on the pill. And one of the reasons is that it actually depletes the body of serotonin. Mm. Um, and serotonin is the feel-good, happy neurotransmitter. Um, you cannot have you know, a good, clear, healthy headspace. If you don't have that, um, that's one of the main actions of the pill. So just be careful with that. Um, so when we talk about that, uh, really crazy head space, um, the constant critical thinking, um, you know, there's this research that shows that women have about 30,000 negative thoughts a day, an average woman, 30,000 30, negative thoughts a day. 
far out Brussels sprout. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of negative thoughts. I mean, I would catch myself with, you know, a couple of dozen probably that I'd consciously acknowledge, but that means there's probably a lot of, um, well, let's, that probably jumps us straight into this concept of self-limiting beliefs because, um, what we, what we think we can or think we can't, as it famously says, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we will hold on to those criticisms forever, pretty much. And whereas uh, the compliments, the positive thinking, the um, things that people admire or honor in you, that just evaporates so quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, you um, remember one bad comment, but mm-hmm. someone said, oh my God, you look gorgeous. And then one person says to you, oh, your shoes and your dress don't match. And your brain goes, oh my God, my shoes and dress. And yet everyone else in the room said, wow, you look amazing. And how quickly do we brush our compliments though? And especially for men, you know, if they're trying to just honor you know, how divine you are as a woman and how quickly do we go, Oh no, my hair's a mess or no, um, you know, I'm feeling puffy or or whatever it is. And we do this in the mirror as well. Every time we look in the mirror, women tend to hyper-focus on our, you know, flaws. You know, you'll zoom in on that tiny bit of cellulite on your thighs rather than taking in the whole incredible picture. And that is all you focus on. And, you know, women have actually covered their mirrors to stop that stress response cycle that happens each time they look in the mirror just to get that in check until they can change it. And it's really interesting because women's brains and men's brains are actually neurologically driven to respond to these things. Um, There's an incredible book by um, a neuropsychiatrist from the University of California called The Female Brain. And it's by Luanne Brizendines. I'm not pronouncing that very well, Brizendine. Um, And it actually talks about uh, the fact that we have a judgmental or a negative part of our brain. And and it's the anterior cingulate cortex that actually... um, helps us mediate those responses and gauge social situations um, and helps us connect with each other because of how we're interpreting cues. However, because of what we understand with, um, uh, you know, neurology and neuroplasticity, when you feed that monster, it will just grow and grow and grow. Certainly um, does. You know, you put bad thoughts in and they manifest and they, they, yeah, they bloom, you yeah. know, like you've got a big dump of fertilizer in your brain and it just keeps growing and growing really strong. So, and those pathways that, that fire together, wire together, and then it's a hardwired response. I think it was, um, Carl Jung who, um, I don't quote me on that, but who talks about that, that firing and wiring pathway. Um, so every time you have that negative thought about yourself or about the way you look or, you know, you're reinforcing some sort of behavior, you're really hardwiring that into your system and it's a lot harder to change. So there's a part of the woman's brain that is that barometer for every single interaction that we have, um, which is incredible. So to hardwire the things you actually want to see in your life and you want your brain to be thinking and that little uh, self-talk that goes on in the headspace, um, in order to hardwire that, you have to acknowledge it and find out where the challenge or the problems is coming from. And that's where we talk about uh, identifying something called self-limiting beliefs. And really self-limiting beliefs um, through our experiences, whether they're real or imagined, um, and your thoughts and beliefs, they shape your actions. And it all comes down to, you know, essentially fears. 
things that you're afraid of in some way, shape or form. You know, maybe you're afraid of success or maybe it's failure. I mean, there's, you know, maybe you're worried about what people think or say, you know, you care about the impression of others of who you are and what you do. Um, you're fearful of rejection or maybe just changing your life. You want things to say just where they are. And so all of these things that you, you think, um, and especially a huge one for women, I believe, um, and, and even, you know, in my own life, what's been driver for a lot of years of my life was this, you know, feeling that I don't want to disappoint others. I want to live up to the expectations of someone else and trying to live up to someone else's expectations is a surefire path to really, you know, finding yourself in a place of of stress, anxiety, or or emotional discourse. Um, So look, these limiting beliefs, I think, you know, listen to this amazing quote by Brian Tracy. And what it says is the biggest obstacle to creating a wonderful life is self-limiting beliefs. A self-limited belief is an idea you have that you are limited in some way in terms of time, intelligence, talent, money, ability, or opportunity. And isn't that the truth? I mean, that just covers all the things that we we categorically will say that uh, I can't, I won't, I'm not good enough, I'm not able to, um, you know, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I can't do these things. And, you know, I think the number one thing you need to do is take ownership of your thoughts you know, take 100% responsibility that you are the driver of your life. You are in control. You're the bus driver and everything else that happens are just the passengers in the back seat. Um, you have to take control and you, you need to own who you are and what you're doing in, in this world. You know, you have a purpose, you're here for a reason and uh, you need to be understanding that you, you've got to go forward and you've got to do some things to take ownership of that. Um, I think, you know, in terms of what this all comes down to in order to overcome self-limiting beliefs, you really have to learn to say two things. One is thank you, yeah. you know, yeah. gratitude. And you just mentioned how guys give us compliments and we brush it off saying, Oh no, it's really messy or, Oh no, it was so much nicer the other day or, or, you know, and we brush it off instead of saying, wow, thanks so much. Yeah. You know, and I know that a big, part of my teenage years, I was hopeless with any acknowledgement of my successes in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd skip assemblies so I wouldn't have to stand in front of there to get an award that I knew I was getting. Um, you know, a boyfriend at the time would say something and I'd always brush it off. Yeah. I couldn't possibly take a compliment. And one of the greatest lessons I ever learned was stop pushing away those compliments and start saying thank you. And when you start saying thank you, you're like, invite more. And it gives you more confidence and more self-belief and more self-worth. And it's just, it's an incredible shift. So, you know, if you do nothing else, start saying thank you for the compliments you get for the things that uh, are happening. Even if you find it uncomfortable. Oh, it's weird when you first say it. You always choke the word out and you're like, thank you. All right. But you can can kind of see it from the perspective. You're thanking them for their acknowledgement. You don't necessarily have to agree with them. Hopefully you'll get to the point where you do. That's it. It can just be a thank you for your acknowledgement. And one thing that I would love everyone to do with your girlfriends, when you give them compliments and they brush them off, make eye contact with them and say, no, I want you to hear me. You know, you did such a great job with this or, you know, you're glowing down, whatever it is. Um, but just really make them hear that. 
Yeah, and only ever give out genuine compliments, yeah, you know, yeah. not just for the sake of saying, oh, no, oh, that's a nice dress, when you don't genuinely mean it. I mean, the one clear thing that any woman can sniff out is fake. Yeah, <laughs> we can sniff out fake confidence and, and also we can sniff out fake compliments. So, uh, yeah, always be genuine. in the gratuitous compliments, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, look, I think, you know, what you're getting the gist of here is that everything comes down to one core foundation. And, you know, it comes down, obviously, your perception of the world around you, but essentially your perception of yourself. And this is, you know, what's termed self-worth, the ability to look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. You know, I am worthy. I mean, guys, when was the last time you actually looked in the mirror and said, wow, babe, you are hot stuff. (laughs) I mean, I don't care how you say it, whether you're sexy, glam, gorgeous, hot, amazing bombshell, but I mean, you know, we're happy to give others compliments, but we don't give ourselves compliments because we think that's either gloating or it's, you know, some form of, I don't know, what would you call that? I mean, we just don't give ourselves confidence because we think it's almost egotistical. Yeah. Egocentric Um, behavior. We, we, we don't like the idea of it. Men don't seem to have such an attachment to that. (laughs) No, they tell you as well when you're in the bar. (laughs) They're like, yeah, I'm the best in this room. Are you sure you're not coming? (laughs) Check out out my biceps. And you know, we're totally generalizing here. Um, and you know, being, being pretty stereotypical, but um, you know, men are not afraid to own their worth and go, yeah, I'm absolutely worthy of this promotion or this pay rise or this position. Um, I think we can learn a lot from that. I think that's really important. Um, yeah. Think- Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, is all about that. Yeah. The fact that women step back in a boardroom or they lean back in their chairs when all the men are leaning forwards. Um, and that comes right down again to self-worth or their sense of position and ownership in that space. Even if it's male dominated, they there feel for feel that they shouldn't necessarily be there. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing book. So guys, if any of you, I should say ladies, ladies, <laughs> if any of you are in a, a corporate world, um, I look, there's a bit of a stretch. There's a lot of feminism, you know, ideas in there, but you know what? Go with it. Start to see how other people view things. And um, yeah, Cheryl Sambo's book, Lean In, is I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great eye opener because I'm not in the corporate world. You know, we're in um, beautiful sort of, I would say, small business structures in healthcare. We mm-hmm. have this great ability to connect with everyone we know. We know our whole team. You know, we never have that disconnect of management levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so that's again for the women who are working corporate, who are, who are working in big company structures. Um, I highly recommend the book because it just gives you an insight as to how, you know, a woman like her can rise to the top, but only after she got this idea and this belief and and absolute confidence that she's worthy Mm. you know i am worthy is what she would say to herself and you know that's really powerful you can see where she's gone with that so clearly there's uh, some benefits to doing it all right so what can we do to kind of enhance our sense of self-worth what can we do in our everyday life to bring a greater sense of that um, into everything that we do. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things is just catching those negative thoughts and, you know, swapping them out with something that replaces it um, and just acknowledge it in the first place because once you have an awareness, and this is, this is a battle that we will have always, but, you know, going, no, stop, you don't have power here, you know, that, that little voice in your head. <laughs> 
and adding, you know, a great positive affirmation in there, um, you know, even if you don't believe it, eventually you will. And eventually you will have a sense, a cellular response that um, is associated with that as well. Isn't that true? And, um, you know, that's where daily affirmations comes into it. And I know that I've certainly thought, you know, once upon a time it was a bit corny, you know, getting up and doing a daily affirmation. But I tell you what, it really replaces all the other junk and clutter that goes on in your head first thing in the day. Like, you know, yeah, oh, getting out of bed going, oh God, I'm so tired this morning. Oh, I wish I didn't have to go to work. And instead in that split moment, um, you know, one of my daily affirmations, I love waking up every day feeling energetic and switched on. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, you start to resonate with that, that words, those, those ideas, those feelings, and the whole thing of feeling flat, tired, and uh, don't want to go suddenly just shifts, you know, yeah. you go, wow, cool. I'm on, let's go. This is exciting. Another day, another opportunity. Yeah, I love that. Um, an attitude of gratitude is so important. There's so much research that shows how uh, positive that is for your mindset, for your, you know, your whole health as well. Um, on my phone, I've got, you know, the gratitude app um, that gives me an alarm at nine o'clock each night and asks me what I'm grateful for that day. And so I will write down the things, you know, my, my dog is usually number one on the list pretty much on every single entry I've <laughs> ever made. Um, but, you know, that's that's one thing that I, I build into my daily rituals. And because he is such an important part of my life, I try and make sure that I have that, that quality time. So taking him down to the beach and connecting and being present in that time really helps me to um, be centered, be grounded. That's um, a fabulous ritual. And slow down a little bit. Yeah, and look, if it's not, um, you know, taking your dog uh, for a walk on the beach, um, it could just simply be sitting on the floor, you know, grounded Mm -hmm. this idea of earthing yourself getting connected you know to the floor to where we come from um and just gently stretching yeah you can use light music you can you know be mentally checking through some affirmations as you do that but just consciously taking a five minute time out to get connected with yourself before the world totally disconnects you when you get outside and get into work (laughs) and just everyone's calling for you asking for you shooting emails sending phone calls um yeah there's really no time to check in when all of that stuff's happening so check in at the beginning of the day and check in again at the end of the day yeah love those and you know limiting your media consumption first thing in the morning is probably a really good thing as well so that you're not bombarded and overwhelmed with the woes of the world because what can you do about it at yeah. you know six o'clock in the morning <laughs> hey ladies how many of you wake up to the alarm mm-hmm. go and switch your phone off flight mode because you know that it disrupts your sleep so you keep it on flight mode, be in flight mode yeah. and then the very next thing you do is check facebook oh yeah what for you know I, i've consciously don't do this um i did for a little while and then yeah. i was like what the hell am I vicariously looking into the world of others for? I've got my own life to deal with and I need to center and focus myself first before I worry about someone just bought a new house and, oh, someone's grandma died. I'm so sad for them. And like everyone else's energy stuff going on, shifting my space. Um, I can't be responsible for their stuff. I can only be responsible for mine. Exactly. And, you know, looking at the person who just bought that house or is on this amazing holiday and you're comparing yourself to someone else from the get-go. And um, I think it was Shakespeare who said comparison is odious, which means it stinks. And when you compare (laughs) yourself to others, you will never be happy. And that is so incredibly powerful to remember that. And just every time you catch yourself going, oh my God, she looks amazing. Just remember she's probably doing something a little bit different to what you're doing. So either shift your your characteristics and and your behaviors to go and do kind of what she's doing, but certainly don't be envious and jealous. You know, certainly don't have narky thoughts and and comments that, oh, she must be starving herself or, you know, like just remember people who are 
I guess, embodying what you would like to be, have certain characteristic traits and they're doing certain things through their actions and behaviors Mm -hmm. that you're not doing right now. And I think a really great thing is, uh, you know, thinking greater purpose. Big vision. Yeah. And, and how can you be of service to humanity? This is a really important thing for me. You know, the cellulite on my thighs does not matter when I'm thinking, you know, big picture, how can I, you know, legal, how, how can I leave a legacy? How can I make the world a better place? How can I, you know, end the suffering of others? That, that sort of thing. I mean, you're about to go to India for that yeah. reason. Yeah, exactly. Because you know that your purpose is beyond the walls that we're sitting in right now. Yeah. And that is to go out into the world and do something with your hands and your skills and your talents and your abilities. And like you said, regardless of it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. And because none not, of that yeah. matters when you're connecting with others. Not, not even a little bit and your own pain body, your own, um, you know, stuff for lack of a better word, uh, just dissipates and you know, you don't look in the mirror, you don't hyper-focus on your flaws. You just, you're there of service and, and something beautiful happens when, when you're in that space. So if that's something that you feel like you resonate with as well, um, look around you to see what you could do in your community to be of service. And it might just be, you know, within the confines of your home, which is incredible. Um, or you could, you know, expand that sphere slightly. Um, and for whatever it is that resonates with you, it could be with animals, it could be with people, it could be with, you know, the environment, whatever it is, but thinking that greater purpose and being of service Beautiful. You change your biology. Yeah. And if you look, if you're a goal centered person, I think that's another one too, you know, and you are, you know, mentally not in a space at the moment where you want to be, you're off track, you're unhappy, set some goals, set some targets, start mm-hmm. to, you know, create some smart goals that are going to allow you to create a measurable, achievable, and obviously, you know, time-based goal set that you can go in there and say, look, six months from now, I want to achieve X, Y, Z, um, by doing ABC and then check in again along the way to make sure you're on that six month, that six month track. And I mean, I personally love having, um, my bucket list, you know, it's uh, it's something that was probably brought to fame because of the movie bucket list, but I love having this idea of a hundred things, you know, mm-hmm. checking off really cool stuff, you know, having a goal, having something like just the purpose of being getting up the next day. Wow. You know, and setting some vision forward, having a vision board. If you're visual, like I am, I, I cut and paste pictures. I need to see stuff because that drives my focus, my vision, my behavior, my actions in the direction yeah. that I want to be going, um, regardless of what the front page of the newspaper says. And it will also help your decision-making as well. And it will help you to say no to things that don't serve you. And this is, this is our next tip. And that is, you know, don't do things out of obligation, you know, really ask yourself in this moment, is this an important use of your time or does this serve you? And saying no, yeah, and that's so powerful. And we really want to emphasize no is not a selfish word. No, no. <laughs> in, yeah, no. In no, no is an ownership of an acknowledgement of what drives you and what makes you happy. And I mean, it's just that thing we, we hear, you know, as women, we say these things all the time. Oh, I have to go and get this. I have to go and do this. Oh, I really should do this. I should do that. Rather than saying, I am going or I want to ownership power words that say that's what you really want. We sort of have the shoulds and the coulds and the I have tos. And, um, and that really tells me a whole lot about someone if they keep saying, Oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. Sometimes I actually stop them dead in their tracks and say, do you want to? Yeah, it's a great question. 
great question. Yeah. And so ask yourself, do I want to do this or is something because of my, you know, father's, mother's, father's preachers, teachers in my life somewhere once upon a time mm-hmm. taught me that I should do this because this is how they see me and I'm living up to someone else's expectations. So, you know, beautiful thing of taking ownership of your words as well. So learning to say no, learning to say thank you for compliments and obviously as well, catching yourself out when you're saying, I should, I have to, and, uh, and owning those spaces by saying, I want to. I will. I am. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and I think the last thing that I really want to add in there is just be with your girlfriends. <laughs> Hang out with the girls. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if for all the reasons we've just stated, um, I think that's a really important thing. So if we leave you with no other challenge today, go and connect with your girlfriends. If they're not in the same city as you, then, you know, a text message, a phone call, a, a Skype call. Yeah, pick up the phone yeah. today. You know, do that one thing that you said. I The person, okay, I'm going to challenge you. There is someone you're thinking of right now that you have said, I really want to call them or I, oh, I should call them. And time's escaped you. Yeah. That's the person we want to go and call now and connect with them and listen and, and love and share and just, you know, get back to, to the spirit and essence of being a woman and connect with other women around you. Well, I think that's that's us for today. I know yeah. I'm certainly motivated to do that. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we will we will be back here next week on Tuesdays on the Wellness Couch. You can find us on iTunes. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating if you feel like we deserve it. Um, we would love to hear from you. Of course you. we deserve it. We're totally worthy, remember? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, are, we are certainly worthy of that five-star rating. Yes. Um, you can connect with us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women or on our website, thewellnesswomen.com.au. And and until next week, be well. We have loved sharing this time with you. So uh, have an amazing week and we'll see you next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.